0: Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, the Hornets take on a depleted Raptors team. I have no clue who these players are. Marvin Williams not going to play. He's going to not wear a mask. He's just going to sit out. It makes me think of who would be the Mount Rushmore players or even just people who have ever worn a mask before. And this.
1: Oh, shake and you see. You are locked on
0: Hornets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live.
1: We live. we live.
0: The Hornets play the Raptors in the Spectrum Center tonight. And I was looking at the Raptors last game against the, uh, against the Portland Trailblazers, excuse me, and watching Carmelo Anthony go for that game-winning bucket. That was really cool. I like seeing Carmelo. I've been a Carmelo defender as far as his legacy in the game. I've not been a Carmelo defender in him coming back and playing basketball. I want to know part of him with the Charlotte Hornets or any team that I'd be a fan of because he didn't demonstrate anything the last two years that would make you comfortable with him being on your team as far as a contender goes or just anywhere. Uh, But good for him. The real thing I want to talk about, Doug, is as uh, as it pertains to the Toronto Raptors, is, man, these guys are beaten up right now. So you look at the injuries that they're currently undergoing. Marcus All, he's going to be out for this game. Pascal Siakam is out for this game. Dewan Hernandez, who I don't know, he's out for this game. Uh, Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell, all of the players that I just mentioned, they're out. And when you look at this box score, Doug, I went to the bench. And if we would have opened up this podcast by playing, do you know this player? Where does this player play? I don't know how many I would have been able to guess played for the Toronto Raptors. Their bench is hilarious. Look at Toronto's bench. I know Chris Boucher basically because he was a a G League god last year. Uh, He might have won MVP, if I'm not mistaken, of the G League maybe a couple years ago or something like that. And I know him from his time at Oregon. That's the only reason I know Chris Boucher. Um, The only reason I know O'Shea Brissett is is because he played at Syracuse. I wanted to click on S Johnson I'm like, who in the hell is S Johnson I click on him and sure enough it's former first round pick Stanley Johnson Stan the man I had no clue that he played with the Toronto Raptors then I click on Terrence Davis who I don't know anything about his game but this is a guy that actually gets a decent amount of minutes with the Toronto Raptors then I clicked on M Thomas I'm like who in the hell is M Thomas Matt Thomas is old, his name.
1: Oh, NBA legend, <laughs> Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me in an Applebee's the other day. Yeah, That's I'm pretty, pretty not sure he NBA did as man. well.
0: I, I think I run into a Matt Thomas at least once a week. He did not play in December at all, but had to play because of all the injuries in this game against the Trailblazers. And so all of these, like Shamori Ponds, is on this team. He didn't play. I If you Give didn't play Shimori. for the the Toronto Raptors in this game against the trailblazers, then I can't imagine that you have a big shot of ever playing in a game for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, this bench, man, it's crazy. I, I didn't know that these guys were even on an NBA roster, let alone going to be playing against the Hornets tonight.
1: Yeah. I'm reading this article here on RaptorsRepublic.com right now. And this, this sums it up. The Raptors were best personified by a bizarre lineup powered exclusively by the sustainable energy source of power chaos, of Patrick McCaw, Matt Thomas, O'Shea (laughs) Brissett, Stanley Johnson, and Chris Boucher, who, by the way, Walker, was not only G League MVP, he was the G League Defensive Player of the Year. Mm. So, I mean, he just dominated the G League. Should have named it the B League for Boucher. Anyway, the Raptors Republic article uh, says that lineup closed the first quarter of that uh, loss to the Portland Trailblazers on an 8-0 run playing stifling defense. So you may not know these names. These names might not uh, be offensive powerhouses, but you know that McCaw, Thomas, Brissette, Johnson, Boucher are going to lock down on the defensive end. It might be difficult for the Hornets to score tonight, uh, but they may, uh, they're may they going to have to play defense. The Hornets are going to have to play defense. This is the 28th-ranked defense in the league. The Hornets have to be better on defense. They've got to get a win at home. Four straight losses at home. It's, enough is enough. After O'Shea
0: Brissett left Syracuse, I thought I would never hear his name again. I legitimately thought, yep, that's the last time. And sure enough, here I am talking about O'Shea Brissett on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: (laughs) It's the Locked On Hornets
0: podcast. On an
1: NBA court.
0: Presented by the Locked On Podcast (laughs) Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Again, follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And you can follow the show handle on Twitter at locked on hornets doug what are some of your thoughts for this game coming in i know you mentioned you want to see uh them have to lock in defensively at least try to find a way uh some ways to score if toronto is able to defend i think what i'm going to be looking at tonight is I, it look it seems like they have a legitimate chance to win with all those injuries right i mean i just made fun of how i don't know any of the players for the toronto Raptors, basically so it would be nice when you head into this part of the schedule we kept trying to warn people hey, this is when it's going to take a dive off of a cliff as far as the wins for the Charlotte Hornets. They beat the Dallas Mavericks on the road. Uh, They lose to the Indiana Pacers, but then you might beat the Toronto Raptors here at home because of all the injuries. The Hornets have been crazy lucky regarding injuries this season, which seems 180 degrees compared to what we've seen uh, in previous years, the luck that has gone the Charlotte Hornets way or not gone their way. So I, I feel like there's a legitimate chance that they win tonight.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they certainly have the opportunity, second night of a back-to-back for the Raptors. They've got mm-hmm. all of these injuries. You don't have to deal with some of the players that the Raptors offer uh, that will be completely game-changing for the Charlotte Hornets. I, I mean, I think specifically Marcus Gasol. I think Marcus Gasol makes the game unwinnable for the Charlotte Hornets because of what he can do on both ends of the floor. So you don't have to deal with that. Uh, you don't have to deal with Siakam, who my, who I think is another player that makes this this game unwinnable for the Charlotte Hornets. So you don't have to deal with that. I think you can deal with Kyle Lowry. You saw him be very inefficient against the Portland Trail Blazers, not knocking down a lot of shots. He gets a lot of his stuff in transition, so it's real. It really comes down in terms of t- stopping him is just paying attention, staying active, making sure that you're attacking him in the pick and roll because he is a pull up jump shooter and taking him out of rhythm early and then being able to come out with a second half mentality that you did not come out with against Indiana I mean those are going to be a few of the things that I'm looking for but the hornets I, I just they need a win at home I mean you know it's it's great to win out on the road it, it's actually kind of shocking that you're winning out on the road as much as you are because this is a young team but we got to do it in front of the home crowd come on baby
0: yeah, I didn't even realize that until you pointed it out. The last win at home was against the uh, Sacramento Kings, and I don't have a date on oh, that. Like a
1: decade ago.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was a classic. It was a decade ago, as I try to pull up the date here, where they last beat the uh, a team oh, at home. Shay, did uh, December you 17th know? is the last time that they actually beat the Sacramento Kings or any team at home, and that was a, a Malik Monk game. Who needs to get it going? He's, again, on, on the downslope, as we've seen him be up and down The season, Uh, he's not been very good the last few games. At least his numbers haven't shown that. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about this game against the Toronto Raptors in the upcoming segment here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: This is Locked On Hornets.
0: But what he showed in summer league, comma a Euro step into a windmill during a game. End of comma. Oh, Could yeah. put him on the of, uh, radar of a radar. of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah. You're Charlotte, you're
1: Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from, uh, I'm from uh, Catawba County. Could so, put him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: I mentioned Malik Monk heading out of the break there. Uh looking at the last four games of Malik Monk Doug, he's hit one field goal in each of the last four games and dating all the way back to December 31st, right before the turn of the new year, it was against the Boston Celtics. He shot seven times, only made one field goal against Cleveland on January, uh, January 2nd. He shot six times, only made one field goal against Dallas in that overtime win shot two times, only made one field goal. And then against the Indiana Pacers the other night shot four times, only made one field goal. And, Uh, weirdly enough, the last three games where he hadn't been able to shoot the three ball all that well, those have been the field goals that he's hit the last few games. I thought early on in the year where we disagreed about this, I thought a lot of the blame. um, And look, it should go to Malik Monk as well, but I also was mad at James Borrego for using him differently. I also wanted Borrego to give him more touches. I thought they should manufacture more touches because we have seen for a large part of the season, aggressive Malik has been really good Malik. And that has been really good for the team here. He gave him some minutes and, and now it's, it's not that I'm kind of looking at the last few games more so on Borrego. It's it to me, I just felt like, yeah, this one seems to be on Malik because now I just feel like he's been taking a couple more step back shots a game, right? I mean, you see, look, I just went through all the shots that he's been taking. I feel like he was being aggressive. And now you look at the shots that he's taking. So six, of the field goals that he took against Cleveland, four of them were threes. Both the field goal attempts that he had against Dallas were threes. Uh, three of the four that he took against the Pacers were threes. I'm like, okay, well, Malik, that's on you, right? Like, at, at first, I thought you were being aggressive. Then James Brego should manufacture more touches for you. Now the fact that you're just taking threes, like, I've seen you and watched you kind of get lazy and bail yourself out with a bad shot. And that's the bad Malik that we've seen over the last couple of seasons.
1: If you've forgotten that Malik Monk was offensively a part of the Charlotte Hornets basketball team, you could easily be forgiven because over the past four games, he has been noticeably absent, including that really thrilling win against Dallas. He was no part of that. 14 minutes, one of two from the field, three points, two rebounds, did have two steals, two personal fouls, and three turnovers with zero assist. In fact, in his past four games, Only one assist. And this is a player that we have complimented in the past. When he has offensively struggled, we have said, well, yes, but he is able to get others involved. He plays more like a point guard uh, than somebody that uh, has the reputation of being a shooter like he does, regardless of the fact that he has not shown that shooting ability. Uh, He passes a lot more than you would expect, and he does it well. And so you haven't seen that as well. He has been completely absent offensively. But, Walker, I'm about to unravel the mystery for you. Are Mm. you ready?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so ready.
1: Just go back one more game. So we talked Mm. about these past four games. Go back one more game at Memphis. It was essentially a wire-to-wire victory for the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that is... As young as the Hornets, uh, and the Hornets have more veterans, that was, a, that was a game that you expect the Hornets to at least be competitive in, and they were not. Let me read you the line for Malik Monk in that game on December 29th at Memphis. 26 minutes, 8 of 18 from the field, 44%, 25% from three, 18 points, five rebounds, but zero assists. And I mentioned this Uh, after the game because Borrego mentioned uh, in in a press conference heading into the Boston game that part of the reason that they lost that game in Memphis is that certain guys were looking for their shot exclusively and not helping the team. So I dug into the numbers on that Memphis game, and you saw that both Malik Monk and Devontae Graham both took 18 shots, but Devontae Graham had double-digit assists and I believe 70-plus passes where Malik Monk had 18 shots and only had 19 passes. So I speculated, but it was, a, it was like educated speculation that he was talking about Malik Monk. But I think there can be no doubt now that he was talking about Malik Monk because you've seen this immediate precipitous drop in his offensive involvement. I think it's – and, and uh, uh, Borrego said that they had to talk about it and that they were all good, and apparently this is what you get. And so now the question is, is that a good thing for the Charlotte Hornets?
0: But is what a good thing do you mean?
1: His drop-off.
0: Oh, well, well no, of course it's not a good thing I for agree the with you. Hornets. It, well, I, I think we're
1: not – the problem here is – well, first, the problem with the Charlotte Hornets is defensively. So, you know, let's let's say that. Like, at, at the core, the issues that the Hornets have and the reason they lost against Indiana is they couldn't defend in the third quarter. Okay? Let's just put that in a box – We all know that. But let's just talk about offensively. This team is going to be better offensively if Malik Monk is involved in playing efficient basketball and attacking and doing the Mm -hmm. things that we've seen him do that have impacted games this season. Clearly, Malik Monk and James Brago right now are trying to negotiate his role. And so we saw it go to the Malik Monk extreme in Memphis, and now we're seeing it go to another extreme the past four games and so hopefully against the Raptors, you find some happy medium.
0: Yeah, and, and again, it's only been four games, right? So I remember us talking about this with Devontae. We hoped that it wouldn't last too much longer. Eventually that slump would last 10 games, but that wasn't even really a fundamentally different way that they played the game. It was just Devonte not hitting shots. Correct. Now you have Malik not hitting shots, taking worse shots, and not getting teammates involved nearly as much, where this is exactly my point that I led this Malik Monk conversation off with. It's Malik just finding himself and playing bad basketball. And it's funny you mention offensively, Doug, because honestly, defensively, I do think he has gotten quite a bit better. And there's been a couple of plays here and there. You mentioned a couple of steals that he made. I, I do think he's gotten better. But offensively, right now, I just I get frustrated. I, I was sitting with Nada watching this Pacers game on Monday night, and you could tell there was about, I think, I think maybe about six, seven seconds left in the shot clock. And you could see his body language, the stationary handle, dribbling the air out of the ball for no reason, with no purpose. And I said to Nada right there, I was like, he's going to take a step back three. And sure enough, he took a step back three. And if I can see that, the defense sees that, and then Borrego sees that, and of course he's going to get frustrated. So this is the frustrating part with Malik, where I thought people were too hard on him offensively earlier this year. I mean, yeah, you got to make shots. But I thought the decisions that he was making were, were good. Right now, it's... They're not good decisions, and that's what I think is the difference between maybe struggling Malik early on and struggling Malik, at least at this point. Looking at... Go ahead, Doug. You had something to
1: say? Well, I was just going to say, and it's really frustrating, I think, from a fan perspective, because you feel like Malik Monk has an excellent opportunity right now if he can figure it out offensively to really showcase himself, because we've seen Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier get a lot more attention lately, right? So, I mean, it would Mm -hmm. seem like Malik Monk could be a release valve. Could be, it could be his opportunity to come in and make a significant impact on some of these games. And he just simply hasn't. And that, I think, is frustrating to fans. I think it's frustrating probably to the coaching staff as well. And I'm sure Malik Monk is frustrated. I mean, you don't go from 18 shots in a game to seven to six to two to four over the next four. Like, to me, there's something going on. And, and you hope it gets figured out for everyone's sake.
0: It's funny looking at the trends of different players, right? I mean, I feel like Miles Bridges has been the topic of discussion for a long time because of the way that he has trended downward. P.J. Washington, besides that game in Indiana, it wasn't a very good shooting performance, but P.J. Washington, you know, he was good for at least 13 points the last 10 games. Devonte was slumping, but now the last couple, he started to find his shot. And again, Devontae understands the game well enough to where he's getting double-digit assists, it seems, extremely frequently. Uh, here recently. So do you see the different trends, right? You're hoping that overall it's good on the year. I think Malik Monk overall has had a positive trend. Same with PJ Washington. Same thing with Devontae Graham where Miles, really that and, and Dwayne Bacon and Miles. I think when you look at the young players where we have to evaluate them to see what they mean for the future, those are the two guys I think have trended downward. But even Dwayne Bacon now, it hopefully can... Ever so slightly, continue to get a little bit better here and there, make the most of his minutes here and there. So it'll be interesting to see if those trends for all of those players continue or if they can change it for the better, certainly in the cases of Miles Bridges and Dwayne Bacon. We'll talk about Marvin Williams, his injury, and maybe what to expect from him at the trade deadline next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: This is Locked On Hornets decoys all over the place they've got everybody down at the rim ball goes into biz they do like an xfl style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage except it's with Devonte graham he picks up a foul i don't care what you say nate mcmillan more like nate mcvillan get out of here quit whining about the officials you got plenty of calls the hornets got a call at the end of the game i thought it was fair hornets win it's time
0: for more of the locked on hornets podcast where does that rant for you rank among some of your all-time favorite rants? Because dropping McVillain in exchange for McMillan, I have to imagine that you love hearing yourself every time you play that bump.
1: Well, listen, I mean, you can't, some things you, you cannot plan for. Some brilliance, <laughs> some genius uh, just simply exists inside of you, mm-hmm. and you are uh, uh, but, uh, a, a, but a person that is waiting for it to come out. You know, that's all you can do. Sometimes.
0: I'm just witnessing for it to come out of you, or you're just waiting for it to come out of yourself, is what you're saying.
1: Oh shake, can you see Brissett in the corner?
0: Marvin Williams out for this game because of a nose injury at least he's doubtful i should say excuse me he's not out of this game he's listed as doubtful and marvin williams doug he's been the topic of discussion all year long based on what kind of possible trade the hornets could make he's been the most attractive piece that you would realistically see the hornets trading nick batum of course the hornets would love the trade but nobody's going to take that contract now Bismack Biombo, i guess has made it somewhat interesting i can't imagine that he's got a ton more value now um, even with him getting so much run and even starting in place of Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams is the guy that we've talked about. Doug, how much do you think his trade value um, possibly prohibits him from playing? Like, are they just saying, "Okay, Marvin, well, you might be ready, but why don't you take it a little bit easy? We don't want to do anything to ruin your trade value." How much do you think that's in the minds of Mitch Kupchak slash James Brago? And um, do you how much value do you think that he could get after we're pretty much? Done with halfway uh, or uh, the first half of the season,
1: I should say. I mean, the sense that I get is that Borrego makes basketball decisions. I'm not sure how concerned he is with any kind of uh, deeper trade strategy. Um, I think he values what Marvin does for the Charlotte Hornets anytime he's able to play. So I just I get the sense that Borrego would play him if he were available. And you got to think. That the nose injury, it has to be pretty bad, pretty painful if that's going to keep you out of a game because normally you see players, and you saw Marvin had the mask on, you see them doing that uh, and, and playing through it if they can. Maybe it maybe it's painful or maybe it's affecting his ability uh, to shoot. You know, I, A lot of guys, they try the mask and then they get rid of the mask because it's just so messing up their flow and their ability to be involved in the game. We last saw – I mean, he missed the game against Indiana. I think he was sorely missed. And uh, we last saw him in Dallas. His minutes have gone uh, down a little bit since since that injury. And so it's clearly impacting the amount of time he plays, even when he does play. So I don't think that the trade stuff is affecting it, although I would wonder if his limited playing time is affecting his – trade value ultimately because it was already i think kind of on the bubble you've heard um, smart basketball people talking about marvin williams as definitely someone that could be valuable to a team trying to contend but there's a question of what would somebody really be willing to give up for a player of his age you're really you're gonna get maybe a half season or possibly a full season left of good marvin williams
0: I I love a good mask, man. I I mean, you instantly go to Rip Hamilton. He is the guy that wore the mask as well as anybody because he wore it for so long. Well,
1: well, you're not a fan? Well, Jim Carrey, I think, wore the mask the best.
0: Yeah, certainly you have to consider Jim. He's on the Mount Rushmore. He's he's probably the head of Mount Rushmore. Then it's Rip Hamilton. And I'll tell you, it's a very specific LeBron James who's on that Mount Rushmore. The Blacks. LeBron it's the James black mask. carbon fiber mask that he wore i mean that's the one and then lebron scoring 31 points 13 of 19 shooting on the in that game against the knicks with that mask and then
1: then you got zorro Zoro, pretty it, legendary mask so, is that the four
0: is it black carbon fiber mask i'll Rip tell you Hamilton, who we need to ask my my wife
1: uh producer katie is uh wears a mask every night uh, the face masks. You Every know, single are, night, huh? These are really popular with with people right now. They, everyone's taking care of their skin, and you know it's a thing. These face masks. Trust me. It's funny. I'll you show you the receipts.
0: That. It's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> when you scroll down your Facebook feed, right, or your social media feed, you get these ads that are personalized for you, or usually they are. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I've been seeing a lot more skincare product uh-huh. ads on face. In fact. It's it's apparently this face. It's this scrub that was designed for men. So it's all black, right? Man color. Yeah, no pink. (laughs) No, no, anything like that. We're going to go straight black. So it's a black face cover. And apparently it exfoliates your skin. And it's trying to market towards men saying, hey, skincare is cool, even if you are a man. So. For some reason, that's showing up on my timeline. I don't know why. I, it's not like I shop for skincare products at all. I guess that would be why. But that's interesting that you bring that's that not, up. I that's not. Uh, that's I, not
1: it. I mean, I think it's it's not just shopping habits. I'm telling you, the, the the listening devices are everywhere. We can't get away from them. Big brother, Big Amazon is watching us at all times, and they're listening to us at all times. You may have said face mask. You may have been talking about LeBron James's famous black carbon fiber mask, and it said, oh, that we're going to get this guy. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's going to buy hey, a face you. mask. Oh, man. I, I, would, I would rock the black carbon fiber I mask. Say I, guess it it. Right? I say there lean into it. I say lean
1: into it, Walker. Don't don't fight the algorithm. It clearly knows you better than you know yourself. It knows mm. that you need. Listen, man, you work a very stressful job. Being a radio host, a uh, radio producer, that's a stressful job. There's nothing wrong with pampering yourself, taking care of yourself, getting back to taking care of Walker.
0: Yeah, it's time to exfoliate baby. I'm here for it. Let's Thanks exfoliate for the Raptors.
1: Remember. I want to take the, ra- I want to exfoliate the Raptors. I want to remove them from the Hornets face.
0: Well, we'll see what they can do tonight. Thanks for listening and remember you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. We'll recap the Raptors game tomorrow.